Welcome to the American Contractor Stories. I'm John Dye. And I'm Leanne Koppel. We are interviewing some amazing contractors and letting them share their stories. These stories are not just going to entertain you, but they're going to inspire you to go out and live the American dream. Because that's exactly what they are doing. So let's dive in. Welcome to uh, American Contractor Stories. This is uh, this is our another episode here. I don't want to say which one because I don't know what order these are going to go in. <laughs> so <laughs> they That's may, okay. you know, we may have these scattered throughout here. But um, yeah, this is a really good episode. This is a special one, especially for Leanne. Yes, I get to interview my husband. Yeah, That's right. a little weird, but cool. You think yeah. it's weird? I don't think it's weird. I think it's cool. I mean, you guys have an incredible story, and honestly, I don't think that this interview would, would be complete with just one of you here. That's I think, true. I can get the juice out. You can't. Well, there's probably <laughs> some things. That, Whoa. Oh Whoa. <laughs> and is, we started out like that. This is a clean <laughs> podcast. Wow. We need to restart. <laughs> that, that was too, or or we let it roll. We let that roll. <laughs> I think we let that roll. I mean, we're oh being completely transparent. So. Wow. So... <laughs> Moving on. Now that we've gotten past that, uh, <laughs> yes, you guys are married. We're well aware. Yes. Uh, and <laughs> we're here, though. And so this is a really cool story between, you know, what you guys have built with ASAP Roofing. And yeah. it's an incredible story how you guys have gotten to this this point in life. And we got a little bit of that when we talked, you know, with Leanne a little bit about how how the process went. And it's going to be cool to get your perspective, Clint, um, and both of you guys at the same time to get kind of this idea of what what transpired to build this organization that is really, really amazing. And it's so much bigger than just you guys. And I, and I know that you guys have another partner, Jojo. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, My brother. <laughs> yep. And so the three of you guys really run this, this company and have, have grown it and built this incredible organization that – if you were to come by here right now and you're a contractor, you'd be really, really impressed with this office and what you guys have accomplished. But I know that there's a story behind that and a whole journey that led to this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Long Wild. story. A long story. Yeah. Well, but we're, we're going to sum it up in this edition. So that's right. So, yeah, no, it, 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 it's a good office. It's a great office. But I think the people in the office is what really, really makes the environment and the atmosphere top-notch. I mean, it's uh, we're a family at this point. And most people that are here now, they've, they've been here for quite a while. And they look at it like a career, not just a job, not just, oh, I have to go to work today. They, they get to come here. They get to work with each other as a family and perform and get things done so they can build their dreams. I mean, that's really the overview of what we've created in a nutshell. That's awesome. And that's so hard to do. Like, yeah. I'm just being real. Like oh, most yeah. contractors that are sitting, you know, in the seat know that it's hard, but most of them are wondering, how do I do that? Yeah. Yeah. I would, uh, hands down say the first thing to look at is yourself. You can't build something great if you're not striving for greatness within yourself. Um, in the beginning, we really focused on self-development. We spent a lot of money on self-development, going to different conventions, different conferences, listening to podcasts, reading books. Um, it's It's been a journey. It's been a ride. I mean, shoot, watching you. I mean, we've learned a lot of stuff from your show as well, you know. Um, it's just as you build a business or a team, your business and your team grows. And if you stop growing, what happens is you plateau and the people in your organization, they pass you up and you're not bringing any more value to them anymore. So they only have two choices. Either they're going to move on and find someone else that will give them more value because they want to continue to grow or they're going to just plateau with you and their expectations and what they want out of life are just going to basically plateau as well. And the whole business, you're never staying even. You're either going up or you're you're dropping at all times. So if you're not going up and they're not going up, 
that means you're dropping, they're dropping, and the business is dropping. Yeah, there's never like a plateau. Yeah. Doesn't even out. Yeah. Never. <laughs> it doesn't always exist. Keeps, it's, it's going one way or another. Yeah, at all times. Yes. Why don't you give us a little bit of your background in, you know, why roofing? Because yeah, let's talk about the life of Clint. Yes. Because uh, I yeah, wasn't so... the one that chose to be in this industry. <laughs> yeah. I do now, but <laughs> please tell yeah. us. Um, born and raised in California and did uh, quite a few different things from operating heavy equipment to kitchen and bathroom model to roofing. I worked with my grandfather. He was an architect. So I did a lot of different things, kind of just anything he needed me to do when I was about 13 years old. Uh, they had me stay with them for about six months and I'd pressure wash commercial buildings, you know, the concrete floors to helping with remodels on the inside of some of these commercial buildings. Um, just all kinds of different things as far as how I got into roofing. It's very interesting. My brother, my older brother, he did roofing, very hard work. I didn't want to work with him because he's real hard on me, but I needed money when I was about 16 years old. And he put me to work doing roofing and actually being on the roofs and installing shingles, installing TPO, EPDM. Uh, so I learned how to actually do the installs. Obviously, I didn't start out doing installs. I started out being grunt labor, just carrying material, picking up trash. Um, you know, we didn't have magnets to pick up nails. So I was the magnet. You know, uh, that was a good job. It was yeah, fun. he's not old. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no. Magnets we, weren't even invented. Yeah, no. <laughs> they had. They did have magnets. <laughs> Uh, we just didn't have enough money to they buy the magnets. They just didn't have wheels. <laughs> yeah. yeah no. Wheel exactly. hadn't been invented yet. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I started, right? Like actually doing the installs, actually doing the hard work. Um, and honestly, I think all work is hard if you make it hard. And at that time I was making it hard. I, I looked at work as a job. And, uh, so I did that for many, many years up until I was about 27 Fast forward, so roofing that entire time, about 27, uh, we had moved, and I sat down with Leanna and I said, hey, we've got to figure something out for our future. Um, roofing seems to be the one thing that pays the best, and I know the most about it out of everything, so I'm going to move in that direction, and that's really kind of where I had finally made a decision, and it wasn't that I loved roofing. I didn't. I absolutely despised it because it made my back bad, like my back's now bad. Um, you get up early, you go to sleep late, and you're always just going, going, going. So it wasn't like, I love this, I want to keep doing it. It was, I have no money, and I'm hungry, and I need to eat. And then after moving out to Texas... Uh, we decided to venture out and start our own company. And it was very different. It was a completely different model from California, where I was born and raised. Uh, out in Texas, it was just completely different, where California, most people are on W-2. You get paid hourly. Um, there's not a bunch of crews. They're all employed workers. Very working regulated. On, yeah. Very. Yeah, very. Yeah. Unionized. And Texas is not. Yeah. <laughs> no. It was, it was quite confusing, actually, because when we came out, I was applying for jobs, and they kept asking me, how many guys do you have? How many guys do you have? And I thought they were messing with me because I was from California. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, I don't quite understand what they're asking. Um, You're like, I want to go install material and, yeah, and build like, a roof. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I thought I was going to be working on the roof, you know, just doing installs. And uh, they were asking me, you know, how big is my crew? And I, I <laughs> honestly didn't know what that meant at that time. But after we had lived here about a year, I figured out how the roofing worked out in this area. And the best way I could comprehend it, it was it was very different, but it was it was almost like if you didn't have a crew and you weren't a company owner, there just wasn't room for you. Right. And that, that was how I looked at it. And so I told her, I said, we've 
we just have to start our own business. I mean, I, I don't know anyone out here. I'm not going to be able to put together a crew. Uh, we're just going to have to start our, our own business. And to me, it literally was almost like a brokerage, how I saw a lot of roofing companies. Right. It was like someone calls this guy that says he owns a business, and then he calls these other guys that go and put it on, and then he takes his cut. And there weren't permits. There weren't a lot of different things, you know, that I was used to having. Licensing. Yeah, licensing. You don't have to jump through the hoops like you do in California. It it was crazy. And so getting a grasp on that, um, we'd put together a team. It was uh, Joseph, Leanne, myself, uh, Roy, now our COO, and uh, a few others that really we just stuck together and said, hey, let's get this going. And we worked our ass off. And that's what we did. The, the way that we built it in the beginning, we outworked everybody. And I'm not, that, that's not a brag. That's the reality. I mean, we were working from 5 a.m. We were up at the office working uh, until sometimes 1, 2, 3 in the morning, closing out invoices and doing estimates. And, I mean... I honestly think pretty much everyone in the organization has slept at the office <laughs> at least once just because you get off so late. It's like we're starting back up in two, three more hours, you know? So like at that point in time, it was like six of us. And I think by now everyone has definitely slept at the office <laughs> at least once. But yeah, it's 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 been an interesting ride so far. Well, and you guys then grew this incredible organization. Right? Yeah. But I love like, you know, how you had a transition from being a employee, like putting on material, doing the actual labor to now business owner. Like that, that I think is one of the hardest moves that a lot of contractors, especially tradesmen, struggle with. Especially installing and doing the work. And mm-hmm. moving into a space where you have to do more mind work than hand work, handy work. Yeah. It, for me personally, because everybody's different in how they think, and I have a A-type personality. Um, I'm very aggressive, and I want to just get stuff done. And right. I've always felt that if I'm not busy, I'm not getting anything done. And I had to retrain my brain that being busy doesn't pay the bills. Being busy just means you're busy. And so I really, you know, the whole work smarter, not harder. I mean, that that's a real thing. And that's where going and getting educated and learning how to be better really paid off. And I still struggle with it to this day. There's days where I'll be in meetings all day and I self-evaluate throughout the day and I'm constantly looking at the time and I'm I'm very very cautious of where my time goes and there's times where I'm like I have got nothing done today but yet in reality the SOP systems operations and procedures that we just finalized over the past four to six hours of the day were very valuable and will generate profit in the future it's just right then and there I'm like man I, I've got nothing done and so I still... Because you're str- used to building things. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm used yeah. to physically building something to where at the end of the day, I can turn around as I'm walking to my truck and look back at it and say, okay, I got something done today. Right. Where a lot of this stuff that we're doing now, um, I mean, it's a lot of paperwork. And to be honest, I mean, nowadays, everything lives in these clouds that I've never seen. <laughs> But everything lives in these clouds, and that's a problem because you do all this work, and it goes to this cloud that you can never see. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, it it, it is di- very difficult uh, for me and many other people to go from being the one that's out doing the work to retraining your brain to start making money with just your brain instead of your hands. Right. But it is definitely worth it in the end it's like if I go back and I look at it in reality and I say okay I can produce x amount of dollars with my hands and now I look at it I'm producing x amount of dollars with 50 people's hands 
in the same time. So, I mean, it, it definitely, there's really no other way to go about it other than take the time to learn and grow and don't always focus on getting good at what you're bad at. Focus on getting great at what you're already good at. Yeah, and focusing on steering into your strengths. Yes, big time. 100%. Which requires you to figure out what those strengths even are. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. most people don't even do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's what you're really good at, actually. I think that is uh, because, you know, I work with Clint every day, <laughs> so I know his gifts that he has, and I know one of the biggest ones when it comes to this company and the people that have grown within it is because Clint has seen their strengths, like ones that they don't even realize they have. And he pinpoints it and says, you need, should be doing that because that's what you're good at. Let's make you great at that. So I think that's where you shine as a leader, especially in this organization. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if I could give anybody advice that's running a business, don't ever believe people when they tell you what they're good at and just assume that's what they're good at. You have to actually watch what they're good at and identify what they're bad at and then place them in the position of the things that they're good at to make them great at it. Because unfortunately, a lot of people, when they're telling you I'm good at something, what they're really telling you is that's what they want to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're really not good at it. They just... For some reason, they like doing that one thing because they've done or it they so many... Or they think it'd be fun. Yeah. 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 And that's least not a good way to grow an organization. You, you, they not... think it's the least amount of work. Yeah. But to the people that are actually good at it, it's it's a, it's different. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Totally different. They don't understand how it works. Yeah. I'm dealing with that with Trey right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so he wants to be a musician, right? And so he, you know, he'll come and I'll play or do something and I'll, and I'll, you know, and I guess in his mind, it's like, dude, that's easy to do. But he doesn't realize when I was 14 years old, the same age he was, all I was doing was playing music all the time. Like literally that was my entire life. It was just music, 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 music. So it was like, yeah, I got good at it, but it wasn't because I didn't practice. Over time, it became more natural and easier, but it was still Mm -hmm. something I had to spend years working on. Gain experience doing. And you can't just become overnight good yeah. at that. No, hands down, I'm horrible at trying to play an instrument. So <laughs> yeah. definitely not he something I'm going to He does not have on. a musical bone in his body. Yeah. <laughs> but you tried. I did. I tried and I failed <laughs> and I was smart enough to understand I wasn't good at it and I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you sing us a little jingle? <laughs> We're not doing that. That's not going to happen. So Yeah, but um, man... As, as we've done this, as we've built this organization, I just want to bring up, you know, a couple different stories because it, it, it is pretty wild the things that you run into in this business. And I'm sure in many other businesses, but in contracting specifically, it is pretty <laughs> insane what people think is okay. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, we've got calls from homeowners that someone just knocked on their door and said they were with our company and they wanted to get up on the roof and, and this has happened more than once. It's happened quite a few times and the homeowner let them up on a roof and then come to find out they're up on the roof, tearing the roof off, taking pictures, saying the roof's damaged that it needs to get fixed. Right. Like, which in roofing, this is like oh, a common scam probably. Oh, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so we've gotten calls like that, you know, and we're like, no, we don't have any trucks in the area. Our trucks are marked. Our people are marked. And that's why I we know. do uniforms. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uniforms are a big deal. Um, So, I mean, that's happened quite a few times. We've had, obviously, people pull up and tear the wrong roof off on accident. (laughs) That's that's happened quite a few times. But the greatest is when you have people that work in the organization and you're training them and you're getting them to be better and, you know, they're they're starting to make something of their life, but then they do the quick U-turn to where... Because, see, we build people up. Like, we make people believe in themselves, you know, maybe a little bit more than they should for their own good is what we've kind of (laughs) found out. Um, 
but yeah, you, you have people that they come in and they learn things and then they want to go out and start their own company. And that's great. Like we actually, we, my advisors get upset with me because I literally say that in our meetings. I'm like, look, we don't want you here more than five years. We want to train you, get you built up and get you on your way. Like this is just where you're at now. This isn't where you're at forever. You know, like let's, let's all get good together and keep moving. But some of these people, they'll go and start their own company. And we always tell them, we're like, man, we'll help you. Well, you know, you, you need information, you need CPAs, you need anything. Like, let us know, we'll help you out, you know. And I don't know what it is. Uh, we've had a couple people that have gone out on their own in a good way, but I would say about 95% of them, for one reason or another, they just, all of a sudden, we're now the bad guy because we're competition. And I've never been able to grasp that. Like, I never, like, look at every other industry, and this is what I'm talking about. Every realtors get along, right? No, like, uh, no, other know. industries they do not get along. Well, there is just as much drama. I don't know. My parents were realtors, they had a lot of friends that were realtors. Okay, lawyers, school teachers. You look think, at most I think there's of the like industries. a level of respect, yeah, but underlying. They're still competitive. Oh, there's always. Amongst everybody. It is, in every industry. I don't Sorry, see buddy. too much, and in, in maybe it's You don't Texas say it, in but it's happening. Because I didn't notice this <laughs> nearly as bad in California. I'm just, I'm just telling you I think, the way I see it. I think because of what roofing is, is and how roofing is set up, it creates that competitive environment. Especially yes. amongst companies that are successful. Well, and here in like Texas, them. that's well, and these other companies that are commission based in California, if they're salaried and on W two, I mean, they don't care. Well, yeah, exactly. What's the competitiveness? They're going to get their leads or whatever and get paid the same anyway. So yeah. sorry, California, I, they're just rolling. I don't know. I mean, disagree. we've we've always tried to get along with everybody, and it's worked for us, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I understand. Trust me, I'm competitive. I, I get that, right? But at the end of the day, like, if I drive by another roofer, I wave. Why not? We do the same thing. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, it's not like I hate you because you're doing what I'm doing type thing. And I've I've just seen that a lot at a lot of events and a lot of different things. You know, it's like, come on, guys. Why don't, why, why don't we work together? Why don't we help each other out? Like, why not, right? And that's all I'm saying. I I think it's gotten to a point where it's like, Everyone just needs to kind of put their hands down and be like, look, we're all trying to grow together. We're all trying to get somewhere. You have kids. I have kids. We all have dreams. Let's build something together and try to move through life and service customers the right way, build our businesses, and keep pushing. I mean, personally, I don't want to be in roofing my entire life. That's not my dream. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's some people's dreams, right? I mean, there are people that their grandfather was a roofer, their father was a roofer, they're a roofer right? But that's just for me, it's not something I don't want to be a roofer. And then now my son's a roofer and then his son or daughter, you know what I mean? I just, for me personally, that's just not the direction I'm going. So I feel like my dad probably felt the same way and his dad probably felt the same way about, you know, everybody like, man, I hope my kids doesn't become a contractor yeah. or whatever. And yet here we are, yeah. I'm yeah. fifth generation. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it just keeps going. I don't think, I think, would it be a bad thing, you think, if one of your guys, one of your boys became a contractor? No, it wouldn't be a bad thing. It's just, there's so much in this world. Like, there's so much to see. There's so many people to meet. There's so many things to do. When you own a roofing company or you're a roofer, how much of that do you really get to go see? How much of it do you really get to go experience, right? Like, yeah, maybe 1%, they get to see quite a bit, right? Like, mm -hmm. we travel a lot. Right. But I'm, like, in that 1%. Well, the other 99%, they're working all the time. They're mm -hmm. always just working, working, working. And that's really, that's more so what I'm talking about. Like, And I have family that's like that. Yeah. Like, I have but, uncles and, you know, different stuff that, I mean, my dad, he works constantly. Um, but... I also know that there's a level of fulfillment that they have that maybe you and I couldn't share. 
hundred percent. Well, well, know. they could be passionate about it or actually like it. And who knows? One of our boys may actually like building a home, you know, or building something, putting being engineers or architects. It we never know what the future holds. Right. Yeah. No, everybody's different. I mean, I when I was working seven days a week, 12, 14 hours a day on the roof, that's all I knew. That's what I did. And I enjoyed it. But it was also beating up my body. Oh, and then, yeah. You know, fast forward 10 years, I got to a point where I did not like it anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, I'm sure there's some people out there that fast forward 10 years, they still love it. They might even love it more. But personally, I was like, man, this is this is going to just ruin me. By the time I'm 50, I'm going to be in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the thing is I realized I was like, there's so much more out here. What am I doing? I got to see more. I've got to experience more. How do I get from where I'm at to where I want to go? And I realized the first way to do that is I got to gain knowledge. I've got to start learning. I got to work on myself in order to, number one, help myself. And then once I figure that out, then I can work on trying to help other people. Because I knew it would take other people to get where I wanted to go. And I think that's one of the biggest things that a lot of contractors struggle with is giving up some of the stuff that they do, right? Like I was very prideful in the work I did and I, there was a certain way I did it. I didn't want to ever pass that off to someone else because I knew they wouldn't do it the way I did. Mm-hmm. But that's the key. They're never going to do it the way you did. Right. And you just have to understand that's okay. As long as they can do it 80% of the way, they've got it and they're going to learn the rest. Like right. just, you, there's a point where you got to start handing stuff off. Because you can't grow if you don't hand stuff off. I mean, it's the same concept. You have two hands. You can only hold so much in both those hands. You have to start setting things down to pick up more things. You know, and that's which is really, the secret to scaling. Exactly. Which most contractors have no clue how to do. Right. And it's hard to do because I mean, I know just witnessing your journey from going from crew doing the work to changing your mindset to doing more leadership roles. Like it's just hard to pass off what you know you do right. (laughs) And then I know when you were training our COO Roy, like it took a while because it's a process. It's it, it's a process, but it's a process worth doing because look where we're at now. We are able to scale to be able to grow and teach these other people, you know? Yeah. Why do you think it's so hard for contractors to let go of that stuff? Um, I mean, like I said, I mean, for me, it was, I was worried someone was going to mess it up. We were going to get bad reviews. Control. I, I really, yeah, control was a big thing. Like, I wanted to be able to see all the way through the process because that's what I knew. I knew I can show up, I can see the job, I can do the job. And I can walk away knowing what got done on the job. Mm-hmm. And then as you scale, now you show up and sell the job. Someone else comes and does the job. And then you hear about how the job went. And then you go from that to you have someone running the organization in these different branches where you don't talk to customers. You don't ever see the job. You don't send the invoices. You have no idea how big the job was, what color the job was, what the homeowner looked like, who they were. Uh, if there were problems on the job, like it depends on how far up you go. You don't even have this information. So then you have to put KPIs in place, key performance indicators where people are giving you the data, the numbers, you have CRMs to look at some of this data, but then depending on how far up you are in this, a lot of that you don't even look at, right? Like we had a roofing company where I didn't even look at any of that. I was just an owner in that, right? Like a completely separate company in one, two, yeah, three, three different offices with that one. And it just depends on how far up you go, on how much you can't see. So for me, it really was learning how to be okay with not being able to see all the way down these funnels and know exactly what's happening on every job, with every customer, with every roof, with every problem. That was a big thing for me because I, w- I still am to this day, I'm a problem solver. So I'm constantly looking for problems to solve. Mm -hmm. And when I'm that far out of the funnel, um, at first it was very difficult. 
because I was worried. Like I'd go to sleep panicked. Like mm-hmm. how many jobs do we have tomorrow? Cause there's a bunch of rain coming in, mm-hmm. you know, are, are they watching the weather? Right. Like just small things, but growing and scaling, you have to learn how to just digest those things and put systems in place to be able to just deal with it. Was it hard to, to it. trust others then and 100%. develop that trust for them? Yeah. hundred percent. And I mean, a lot of, a lot of mistakes were made along the way, right? Yeah. Like every system we built in our organization was literally hand built from the people in our organization. Um, we'd take ideas from conferences or, you know, other company owners that would give us ideas, but we'd come back and we'd rebuild them. Like our contracts were literally hand built by Joseph, Leanne and myself. And then we gave them to our attorneys just to kind of autocorrect and make sure they were good. Um, every piece of paper, every system, everything, we just put it in place with how our organization worked. The way that we would open up branches was a completely different system than anything we had ever heard. We basically built the model off of what you would see um, like a franchise do, but we never franchised it. We just kept it private. And the money for the people running those branches is insane. But then again, because no one else is doing it, a lot of the branch managers didn't comprehend the value. And then they just wouldn't work them. Mm-hmm. And then they'd want to go start another company, not all of them, some of them. And then they'd find out like, wait a minute, I was actually making more money <laughs> running <laughs> these branches over here. And I didn't hardly, I had no, no headaches, no overhead. Yeah. <laughs> I had like, there were no repercussions. If something happened, the company would take care yeah. of it to now they take all that, all the liability, all that, risk. all of it. Yeah. And they're working harder. And it was just, sometimes we look back and we're like, man, is it really worth us building these systems the way we did it? Or should we have copied other things, right? Like, an exact franchise model to a T, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you say like, why do you think a lot of these people have a hard time scaling? I think it also comes down to that. Like, what direction are you going to go when you try to scale? Are you going to copy and emulate someone else? Or are you going to try to build your own systems? And that's something with different businesses. We look at some of these, we'll just copy and emulate someone and other ones will completely redesign and build it ourselves. you know? So a lot of money lost when you try to build stuff your own way. Um, a lot of frustration, but when it works, it feels really good and it usually works really good. I don't think it's money lost. I think it's an investment. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. It's a learning, it's a learning curve. You took, it a, always you is. learned something. No as long what. as you did something okay, so from not it. not money loss, just extremely expensive <laughs> knowledge. <laughs> it, I mean, it's the reality, Millions though. of dollars in it's knowledge. It's the reality, Expensive yeah. lessons. 100%. So, you know, the first step's always the hardest, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I mean, I think everybody knows that no matter what you're going to do in life, like, that first initial push is the hardest. So you're going from you guys running this business yourselves, right? Yeah. Involved in every single decision, what prompted you to take that first step and what was that first step for you to go from, hey, we're this team to we're going to grow and scale? Yeah. Um, I mean, what prompted us to take the first step is we didn't have a choice. I had to do something. We were running out of money and we needed to eat. And we had a daughter and a son on the way. And that was really... A hundred percent, the bottom line, it was, I have to make a decision right now. I can no longer drift and just go get another job because I had just been working for this person, working for that person. And I knew that wasn't going to pay off. I mean, it was the same thing over and over again. I'd get a job, I'd work, there wasn't enough money, uh, it'd take forever to get a raise. And it was just same thing. So that's what prompted us. We wanted a change, and we identified we needed a change. So you realize you gotta you gotta do something. Had to have change, yeah. 
Yeah. And then the second thing was making a decision. We decided to make the change. Mm-hmm. And through that decision, the most important thing about any decision is you have to 100% commit to that decision. The moment you start to second guess yourself, that's it. You're done. And mm-hmm. we decided 100% we were going to go all in. And from there... Um, it really just comes down to hard work and commitment. What was the first action item you took, though? The first action item was walking inside my house and having a conversation with my wife saying, I'm going to tell you right now, this is probably going to be one of the hardest things we're ever going to do in our life. We're going to be frustrated, upset. We're not going to get much sleep. We're going to be broke, and it's going to suck, and it's going to suck for a while. Well, we understood the sacrifice. We both agreed upon it. And same thing with our partner, my brother, Jojo. We said, okay, we're going to give this 10 years of sacrifice. We're going to work hard, double down and grow a corporation that we never experienced before. Because we've worked corporate jobs and the way we were treated and the way things went, it never was a culture that we loved. And so I think that we, our action item was our goal of creating a culture and a corporation where we'd actually love it. Yeah. So what I did after that conversation, we called a meeting, uh, with her brother and we sat down and we basically just ran through a timeline for the first year. We looked at what we could control we acted on, we, we knew what we could control, and then we acted on those controllables. And we did not negotiate with anything. We said, if we have control over this and we can act on it, this is non-negotiable, we're going to do this. And so we built a timeline for the year. And we said, this is how we're going to build it. This is how we're going to scale. This is how we're going to at least pay our bills and start growing this business. And then we executed that and we broke that down first by quarter. So after we did the whole year, it was just a rough timeline. Then we broke it down by quarter and then we broke it down by month. We weren't going to go into weeks because then we we were going to get too detailed and it could get overwhelming. So we went by month. And then every day we would just chop down at these lists that we had on, we've got to get a hold of these people. We've got to try to gain this account. We've got to go canvas over here. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. And... The first, I would say, two years was, it was difficult. I would say after the first six months when I realized, hey, we've got enough money to eat. (laughs) The bills are being paid. This really is possible. So, I mean, we committed 100%, but like actually when the moment came in and it was like, this really is possible, like 100% we can do this, that's where it really started to change. And over the next six months after the end of the first year, we started to move into the profit to where it actually looked really good. We were like, hey, we're actually making money. Let's start reinvesting the money in the business. And for the first... I think that is key right there. Yeah. I mean, too. I'll be honest. I mean, the first seven years, yeah, be about seven years, we put all of our money right back in the business. Like we would just reinvest it. And then, you know, we started opening up a bunch of branches and then we said, okay, let's reinvest it into another brand and make another company and reinvest. And just doing that over and over and over, obviously um, the economy's not doing the, the best right now and things are a little weird. And so it, the last two and a half years has tested us time and time again, because right when you think you've got it figured out, something else changes. And we always, we try to adapt to things as soon as we see them coming. We don't waste time worrying about it. We don't waste time complaining about it. We just immediately try to adjust. Uh, We'll ask our advisors and our coaches, this is what we think's coming, what should we do? And we try to move on that as quick as possible. Uh, Sometimes we're right, sometimes we're wrong. But at the end of the day, we're still moving, we're still growing, we're still being what I consider successful because we're still helping people out. 
um, outside of our organization and in our organization. We're still growing as a family within the organization. So I think overall, we're still very successful. And uh, whether or not the economy gets better, I do believe with what we're doing and how we're moving the organization and everyone in the organization has that mindset of we're going to do whatever it takes. We're just going to continue to continue to scale over and over again. That's awesome. Yeah. You said coaches and mentors. How important is it to have really good coaches and mentors in your life for you personally? Yeah. Um, I mean, Obviously, like, it's changed my life. Um, Completely. <laughs> yeah, we've got a couple different coaches and mentors for different things. Uh, but the thing is, they're actually all business mentors and coaches. However, some of them have become really good friends that I don't even discuss business with uh, that often. It's more about, like, personal stuff, um, how to be a better man, how to be a better husband, um, how to be a better leader, mm -hmm. you know? So through business and finding these people, uh, I have been able to make my marriage better, which entails making my children happier. We've got four children, three boys and a girl. And so it makes them have a better life. Um, it's helped my relationships with not just people in the organization, but people outside the organization that I meet and run into. So overall, yeah, it uh, it's helped me, I think, full circle all the way around, and not just me, but my family and my friends. Um, the knowledge I've gained, I try to always pass down mm -hmm. and help. So it's, I think it's vitally important to growth in your life. I mean, let's face it, what takes someone 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years to learn, you can just pay for that and learn it right away. Right. I mean, why it's just, not? It's a hack. Yeah, people think coaches and mentors are outrageously priced. You have to think about how many people they've coached and mentored and data that they've gotten that they can just tell you quickly, don't go around that corner. That one's, that one's the end of you right there. Don't do that. Or open up this door because this one's going to give you all the things that you keep telling me you want, but for some reason you keep thinking that door is going to give it all to you. But I can tell you it's not. It's this one, right? So it's just like a book. People don't they don't read books anymore. It's crazy to me. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I think it's vitally important to have the right people around you, mentoring you and coaching you. And that whole world has exploded. It's so hard yeah. to know who's a good coach and who's not a good coach. It is. Unf yeah. <laughs> today back then Do back in the research. day there are few far between and if you found a found one like it was rare <laughs> yeah unfortunately everybody is a guru now right right like everybody's a guru uh honestly it's pretty easy to be able to tell who's who just look them up mm -hmm. like like actually look them up take the 10 minutes <laughs> to do your research yeah, you up. can literally Google anyone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can you can look them up. You can look at the references and a quick way, ask if you can call the references. Yeah, if they don't want you to call the references. I mean, right there, there's your there's your sign. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. But yeah, I mean, it definitely will change your life with the people that you're around and the people you get advice from. Well, it Make changes sure your people. mindset. 100%. I think that with our mentors and and investing in the right people around us it changed us but not only us but like because we have kids it's changes our kids mindsets and then it continues on from there it's like breaking a generational curse it's like you gotta break through because what you don't know you don't know so these experts get to guide you and tell you what to know and not have to spend thousands and risk and mistakes. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, everything is energy. Um, the way that you transfer that energy is dependent on what you believe in yourself. And not to go too deep, but the reality is 
if you're constantly second guessing yourself or you're saying you're going to do things and you're not following through with those things, or you have a million ideas, but you never execute any of them, chances are you're going to have low self-esteem. Chances are people aren't going to believe that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. I mean, there's a whole multitude of things that happen. It's a domino effect. But if you have someone that you can stand behind that's giving you advice that has already been through things, that have already seen the things that you're going through, and they can just tell you, hey, do this, do that. This will help. This won't help. Definitely don't do that. It builds confidence. It also, from confidence, you build character. I mean, there's character is huge. Character is you. That's that's who you are. That's you, Once you start having confidence and character, you now have more energy. And through your energy, you can transfer that into other people. Now you have people that look up to you, people that want to follow you, people that believe in what you're doing. And when people believe in what you're doing, you realize, man, people believe in what we're doing here. So let's do this together. And it just grows and grows. So it's real simple. Either you can take your energy and grow it and then grow it through other people. So everyone starts to expand together or you can just die and everybody around you dies. And that energy just is depleting for everyone. And now you're out on your own, just working a job wondering why life is so hard. And it's unfortunate because too many people fall victim to that. People are so great, but they don't see it. Like there's greatness inside everybody, but it's up to them to create it to come out. No one else do it for you. And that's the problem. People, unfortunately, they don't, they don't feel it. They don't see it. And they just live life, working a job, Trying to make it. <laughs> trying to but make it. But mentors yeah. see it. Advisors in, that, that see it. That outside perspective. <laughs> yeah. it's, it it's is. It's everything. Yes. Yeah. They're seeing what you can't. I mean, honestly, like in the construction industry, when it comes down to opportunity, I honestly think this is the industry that provides the most opportunity. You literally can start at the bottom and build whatever dreams you want through this industry. And it doesn't take that long. If you commit a hundred percent and you go all in, true, yeah, you can build it, you can create it. Mm-hmm. And that was honestly why I picked roofing. I could have picked framing. I could have picked drywall. I could have picked HVAC. Those are all great too. You can do the same thing. It's that roofing's not better than any of those. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is in construction in general, I honestly believe this really is like, the last gold nugget to where you can get into it and really explode what you really want to build in life. You can build your dream. Yeah. Right here. Build your dream. Unfortunately, too many people look down on it like, oh, you're, you're in construction. Like it's a bad thing. And it's like, what what do you mean, man? Like, I don't think, I think it's starting to shift. I do. I I do think it's now starting to shift. Yeah. With the DIYers and, you know, HGTV and all of these fixer-upper shows, yeah. I think they actually are starting to gain a lot more respect. I wonder if that's yeah. going to hurt it as far as it being right. this opportunity place or if it's right? going to make it better. Flooded. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like over-flooded. There's always opportunity in we everything. That's out. right. You just got to find right. it. We'll see in a, in a few years, we'll come back and listen to this episode <laughs> and be like, oh, okay, we know where it went. <laughs> yep. No, dude, I, I love it. And, you know, a lot of people... I've I've talked about this a little bit when we did our podcast, but I have a a pretty deep history with you guys. Yeah. Um, And you guys were my second client that I ever had as a, when I started consulting. Um, The fact that you guys even let me come out here and hang out with you was in and of itself a miracle. Um, And I can't remember what I taught you guys, but I'm hoping that it was good. Um, But (laughs) (laughs) either way though, like, Beyond that, though, we we ended up doing a lot of stuff together, and and I'm I was just in my head just thinking about that first conference that we went to. I remember you guys called me up, and you're like, "Hey," at the time I was managing one of your branches mm-hmm. in Indianapolis, and you guys called me up and were like, "Hey, uh, come to Miami. We're going to this event, right?" Yeah. And I was like, so Priscilla and I were like. I don't know. I guess we're going to Miami. So I remember <laughs> flying to flying. I think we drove, we we flew to Orlando and we drove down because we were big Disney people at the time. We were doing a lot of Disney then. I love Disney. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah, yeah. We went down there. We went to this event and we hear all this stuff on stage. And it's kind of what 
it's literally that event. I remember sitting there and I, I filled a notebook full of notes on um, how I was going to build my consulting brand and like all this different stuff. And, and then I went home and you, you guys literally pushed me out of the nest. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. that happened. Like, I remember you calling me, I was in my backyard and I just started consulting again on the road and I wasn't trying to leave the branch. Like I was enjoying managing that company. Like I had a good time with it, yeah. but I had just started to get traction again. Yeah. So I kind of took like a lull there where I didn't do much with it, got busy building houses and doing other stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, then you kind of like, Hey, you need to go, you need to decide. You made me make that decision. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it was a great decision and you know it was a tough decision but it, you made it much easier for some reason than it should have been mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh and so you know we fast forward i was just thinking about the, the conference though specifically because i was thinking in my head just now all the different people that were, went with us to that conference yeah. yeah we had i think at that one we had 19 if i'm not mistaken we had a lot of people at that you, one. you had a suite yeah, yeah we, we had, got a suite. Yeah, we yeah. had too many that were, there was only supposed to be like 15 in that suite allowed. Yeah. And then we had standing, people standing. Yeah, yeah. I remember in the, the whole place was packed. Yeah. But I was just thinking in the back of my head where all of those people are today. Yeah. Every single one of them. And whether or not like, you know, everything else aside, almost all of them are running their own businesses now of yeah. some sh- some form. Yeah. There's still, I think, about a third of them are still here. And then the, the ones that are. aren't, I think there's only one or maybe two that aren't running their own business. So, yeah, you're spot on think, about I that. I think like the only one, because my sister joined us too, but she's oh, in pharmaceuticals. Right. Yeah. So she wasn't, <laughs> no, she's Yeah, so like there's like three job. people that aren't. So, yeah, you're, yeah. you're spot on. No, I, it, it was just, you know, the fact that, I almost feel like that's a huge accomplishment. Yeah. For you guys. Yeah. Well, like, it's not, yeah. I mean, it's not for us, but. But it is for you. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, like you guys made something possible in their lives that wouldn't, they would have never done it. We would have never done it. Well, we just I'm opened just their you. eyes. They just took the step. So there's something that I learned. And this is, if you're a business owner and you're listening to this, like, when I figured this out and I told my organization it made sense to them, so I knew it It finally made sense. We've had a lot of people that get upset with us, right? Like people that quit, they're like, oh, you know, you did this or you did that. And it's funny because we have paid every person that's ever worked for us. Not one time. I mean, people that have done bad things and quit, we still mailed them a check because I never want to look in the mirror knowing I didn't pay someone. We've always paid everyone. We followed all of our HR procedures, like we have done everything we can to always do the right thing. Cause that's what we live by. We live by always doing the right thing. Cause if you do that, you can't be wrong. Mm-hmm. Now, whether you do something wrong or not, as long as you believe in your heart, that was the right thing. And that's in our operations and procedures. Like you're trying to always do the right thing. But what I realized and what I've even told this to our organization multiple times is the only thing we're responsible for is to give you an opportunity. That's it. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. it. That's my only job. Don't ask me for anything else. You can ask, but don't get upset with me if I don't give it to you because my only job is to give you an opportunity. And I don't want nothing from you but for you to follow through with your agreement. Whatever agreement we made as men or if you're a woman, whatever agreement we made, just follow through with your word. That's it. That's all I want from you. And I think that's really like why for us, like I brought up earlier, like why it is disheartening when people go and leave and then it's like, we tell them we'll help them, but then it's like, oh, there's an issue there because we become adversarial competitors. Competitors. (laughs) I don't know why, you know, like, it's like, I love you, man. We'll help you out. We love you. But at the end of the day, it is what it is, right? We wish you the best. We wish your kids the best. Um, but I think really that's, that's really, that should be the only expectation. Give them an opportunity. That, that's your job as an owner and a leader, right? Well, I think that's why most owners and leaders fail, though. Because they're not really leaders, number one. They're not really giving people opportunity, mm-hmm. number two. They're, you know, it's control. They can't let go of it. Yep. They're, they're holding people back. 
they're not going to, they're no one's going to take them on a trip the way you guys take your people on trips all the time and give them opportunities to see life from a different perspective. They want to keep them employees. They want to keep, keep them under the thumb of control. And you can't grow people that way. No. And you said earlier too, if you want your people to grow, you have to grow. Right. And if they're not willing to grow, they're going to keep their people back as well. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a leading indicator. Uh, if you get to the point where you want to hold people down and not get them to grow, that's a leading indicator that you've stopped growing yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, I honestly, I've lived this. Like I can tell you, if you continue to grow, you get to a point where you realize there is absolutely no reason to try to hold somebody else down. Because if you honestly feel that way, like if you're a business owner or you're a leader and you felt like, I mean, you got to answer this honestly with yourself. If you feel like you have tried to hold people down or you don't want them to succeed, well, don't get upset when you feel like you're being held down or you're getting taxed too high or your business has to abide by certain laws, rules, and regulations that you don't like. Don't get mad when that happens. Because if you're going to hold people down, you can't get mad if you're getting held down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. So at the end of the day, it's all about growing. And that's what I'm saying. Like the world is so big. There's so much opportunity out there. There's so much greatness inside so many people. All that can come out. You can go see all this stuff. You can help one another. You can grow together. There's no need, there's no reason to just stay in the same place and try to hold people back and just sit where you're at. There's no reason for that. When the world is so big and there's so much opportunity, you can go out and create it and enjoy everything. But it's up to you. It's the American dream. Yeah, you can the, American the American dream, dream is based upon an abundance mindset. Yeah. 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 That should be a quote. We need to do a quote <laughs> of you saying that. Like, no, it is. Above your head. That's it's, true, though. It's, if you don't live in that mindset, you cannot achieve the American dream. Yeah. Yeah. And contracting anything, restaurants, I don't care what you own, what, yeah. is, what kind of business you have. I mean, I know we focus on contracting, but at the end of the day, it's all about your mindset and being in that abundance that there's so much out there so much yeah i mean it it's all about creation yeah and you need to constantly be creating and helping others yeah mm-hmm. that's what it comes that's down what to. creation is creation is when you're yeah. when you're helping others you that's what you're doing yeah you're creating you're creating opportunity creating opportunity and building yep you know i so. love that and that goes to show like hey that's what you guys have focused your entire organization around yeah and you've helped others grow others succeed i i'm one of those recipients of that from both of you guys, like you guys have both impacted my lives or my life and my wife's life and, you know, now Trey's life in such unique ways. And it's like, this is, you know, we're, we're honored to be able to work together and to, I don't think we've ever had a fight though. Like, I don't think, I don't think I'm like thinking in my head right now, I don't think we've ever like gotten mad at each other or like, it was always, you were always there to help us. Well, it's open door communication Mm -hmm. and there's no reason to get to the point of being mad when you can communicate through any problem. Because I I mean, you know, we all we have had problems with every person in our organization saying we were perfect. Yeah, we're never perfect. But (laughs) it's the fact that we respectfully communicated with each other and it built a great relationship. Yeah, the, the difference with you and most people is you follow rule number one very well. Rule number one in the organization, you know, is if you have a problem with somebody about something, bring it up right away. Yeah. And you've always done that real well. And that's honestly why we've been able to just work through everything before it turns into an argument. I mean, imagine if everybody just the moment something's wrong, they speak up. That's Look in any organization, that's where 99.9% of all the problems come from. Yeah. Because somebody does something, it upsets them, and that problem keeps growing and growing and growing. Mm-hmm. It, there's The communication is broken, and that's where those problems come from. But we're honored to have worked with you and learn the stuff we have. I mean, you've helped us out a lot, too. So it's It goes both yeah, ways. It definitely <laughs> does, man. It definitely well, does. This has been awesome, and this is such a great conversation. And what you guys have built, you guys, you guys have changed lives. I'm just gonna say that, and that's the that's what I really wanted to get 
you know, as the main thing on these podcasts is that these businesses, business, I think Michael Scott said it on The Office, but <laughs> business is always personal. Yeah, I love <laughs> it The is. Office. And it, he said that like so love like, it. you know, business is always personal, Ryan, because mm-hmm. it is. But mm-hmm. it's the truth. Like it's people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No matter how you cut it, it's people. Yeah. And yeah, this is what we, it's about. We, it is people. I mean, we, <laughs> we did the math on this the best we could and it, it was an insane number, but we took like our in-house people it was like at the time right around a hundred and then you times that by how many kids they have and then how many crews we had and then how many children they have. And you start looking and really realizing how many people just on the front end of this are impacted by this organization, like just on the front, like Mm -hmm. people in the organization on the front end. And then you look at their children and then their family, like the money they're bringing home, the opportunity they're able to have, the training that they get to not just become better at work, but to become better in life. Right. And then what they're teaching their kids or their family and how that's trickling down. I mean, my kids go to their school and they're like, (laughs) they're like consulting and mentoring their (laughs) friends, you know, like. They're like writing business plans for their friends. Legit. Like (laughs) it's, it's crazy. Right. So you start doing the math. And I mean, one, what you think one small business, say 10 employees in a, in a small business, 10 employees in a small business, you're easily touching at least a hundred people, men, mm-hmm. women, and children. At directly. Least, directly. With, without yeah. even talking suppliers, without even talking right. anything else. It's just Or social media. Yeah. Like that's so direct. Whether yeah, you exactly. want to touch those people or not, you're touching them. Now it's up to you. Is it going to be a positive effect or a negative effect? You know what I mean? I, absolutely. Positive. Positive every time. <laughs> every it's time. always positive. You <laughs> want it, you, you got to keep it positive. Yeah. So, always. Always positive. Always positive. <laughs> but nah, dude, this is, this is what it is. And this is what it's all about. This is the American dream embodied amongst you two. Like you guys have built something amazing. You're impacting people's lives, which money aside is enough reward probably for you guys at the end of the day. That's why we do it. Yeah, like it's not it's it's probably not been about the money as much for you guys as it is about growing people and developing them. No, the the whole company was built around self-development. Mm-hmm. Uh if it was about money, we would have built it a completely different way and honestly, we wouldn't be near as successful. Yeah. Th- yeah. This is why we're successful because people want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Yeah. People especially nowadays, people are like in desperate need of being around good energy, mm-hmm. people that want to help them, people that will talk to them. Um, it's unfortunate with the way things are going right now with technology and these up and coming generations that like we have kids over to our house, like our, our kids' friends, and they'll sit there and eat breakfast in the morning with our kids and they don't talk. It's mind blowing. Yeah. Like, but they'll text. They'll be on the phone, like yeah, Snapchatting you know, each so, other and texting each other. And you know, yeah. like there, there's a bunch of good that technology does. There is 100. percent But there's also some downsides, and that's really where just being human fixes the downsides. Right. You know, like being there for people, helping people, talking to people, coaching people, mentoring people, working with people. The most valuable thing you can give someone is your time giving your time, especially to your children. So many people are consumed with so many things nowadays, they don't even give their time to their own children. Right. And that's the issue. It's just be present in everything you do, not just business. You want to make your marriage better? Treat your marriage like a business. You know how many people I know that they work great, but their marriage is bad? And I've told them, start treating your marriage like a business. Set time aside yeah. or their marriage, marriage is bad and they vice versa right you know? like or they're the, they're they work terribly together and their marriage is amazing yeah, it's just you have you have to really just be present and think about these things yeah right 10 minutes a day is what i try to tell everybody take 10 minutes a day to focus on where you're trying to go where you were and where you're at right now you take 10 minutes a day just to do that it will change your whole life 10 quick minutes all it takes. 
I love it. Yeah. Thank you guys yes. for uh, for letting us talk a little bit about your story and you guys being so transparent and sharing it. It's an yes. awesome story. Yeah. Well. And it's, yeah, it's it's such an example to what is possible, you know, in, in Tyler, Texas. <laughs> Tyler, Texas. Yeah. And if it can happen places. in Tyler, it can happen wherever you are right oh, now. Yeah. Wherever you're listening to this, 100%. you want to be successful in life, this is a podcast you've got to listen to probably again. Yeah. Because there's probably a lot of stuff in here that will change your business and change the way that you do stuff and make you successful and help you along this journey. Yeah. It's a journey. 100%. Yep. So thank you guys. They yeah. appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for letting me interview you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anytime. I bet. Anytime. <laughs> Anytime. All right. Thank you guys. All right. Thanks. Woo. We really hope this story has inspired you to chase your American dream. Do you have a great story to share? We'd love to hear it. All you got to do is send us an email to stories at AmericanContractorShow.com. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. And share it with others. Inspiration should always be shared. 